0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: There are many different paths you can take, but there's only one road to Atlanta. Drive deep out to left field, he clubbed it, Brady twisting and turning, looking up and giving up. It's a home run for Danby Swanson. Player out towards shallow right, that's big trouble, Albies going back, he dives and he makes the catch. What a play, Ozzy Albies. Swanson is headed for three, he'll try for it inside the parker. Relay throw comes toward the plate, he'll score standing and it's his second inside the park home run of the season.
2: This is your weekly podcast dedicated to the Atlanta Braves farm system. Follow the show on Twitter at Road the Number Two Atlanta. Now, hit the road with your hosts, Eric Cole, Garav Vidak, and
1: Garrett Spain.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Road to Atlanta, a podcast devoted solely to the Braves Farm System and Braves Prospects. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Cole. You may recognize me for my work over on BatteryPower.com, where I've been the deputy site manager since 2018 and the minor league editor since 2015. This is a special July 4th edition. We are recording this on July 4th, that very evening. We're recording a little bit earlier than we normally do. uh, So you're not going to hear anything about what's going on in tonight's games, which are going on uh, in the minor league system because we're trying to avoid fireworks, interrupting things too much joining me as often uh had took a week off last week we'll talk a little bit about that once we kind of get going here but joining me back as usual uh you can follow him over on twitter at BravesMilb. one garrett spain how are you garrett i am doing good
1: i've been uh been doing a lot of prep lately you know getting ready for the draft i think we're all kind of like in draft mode at this point where we're like 50-50 50-50 watching the games and, like, seeing what's going on with the draft. And I'm kind of, like, excited to get that in and get some new names in the system and really get rolling. It's about to – this is kind of the calm before the storm because it's about to be a uh, long few weeks.
2: Yeah, the next couple weeks are going to be pretty brutal for us. Uh, you know, send, you know, your T's and P's our way because it's a lot of work for us. Oddly enough, uh, my draft prep got started a little bit earlier in terms of the, like, the amount of work before draft because I was a member – of the squad that was a part of the Prospect Lives, prospects live mock draft, and I was picking for the Braves. I was asked a while ago to do it, and I was happy to do it, and I was available this time. Um, really interesting draft, I will say. Uh, I it was funny. I think that there is like there's a there's some schools of camp about certain guys, and I think that there's like the perfect game prospect live. Uh, kind of camp, and then there's kind of the uh, maybe the more traditional media, uh, I guess is the best way to put it uh, on, on certain guys. And I was certainly not in the uh, the the perfect game prospect lives camp on certain guys. And one of the guys was the guy I end up picking uh, somehow, Jacob Berry, uh, the switch hitting power hitting. Uh, first baseman slash DH from LSU fell to me at 20. I was very happy to snap him up. Uh, it was funny because we were like both, I was looking at them like they were crazy and they were looking at me like I was crazy. Uh, but you know, overall I'm really happy with the pick. I would certainly be thrilled if the Braves got him. It sounds like, and I, I say this is likely, but it seems possible that that pick could end up being an option for the Braves. And if, if Jacob Berry, I'm just gonna go ahead and say that I'm in favor of that pick just of the quality of the bat. Uh, if he's there, that the Braves should snap him up. But uh, my hunch is that that the consensus from the industry and just from who everyone thinks is going to be available that that won't be the case. But it was a lot. It was a good time to see a lot of uh, a lot of you know really smart people talking about the the draftees. Uh, there's certainly a lot more people that are willing to take Tommy John arms in that draft, and I think they're going to be the case when when the draft rolls around on the 19th or uh, in a couple weeks rather. Um, so I'm really curious as to kind of how it all shakes out. Uh, I will say that uh, one one note I want to say, uh, Jeff Pontes, who was formerly at Mock Prospects Live and is now at Baseball America, he ended up picking Cooper Jerpy, who has been an arm that's been very frequently connected to the Braves. And frankly, if the draft hadn't gotten weird and I would and, and I ended up with Barry, it's very likely I probably would have just picked Jerpy there. Um, he ended up picking Jerpy with the, uh, with the Red Sox a few picks later, and he said – Very clearly. One is that he's that Jerpy is probably his favorite pitcher in the draft. And two, he said it's the best fastball in the draft. I don't care what the the velocity is. And that opened my eyes a little bit. I think that's something that Braves can be excited about. Uh, And something that I certainly took away from the draft is that one of the guys that the Braves are in on uh, some really smart people seem to really like what he has to offer. Uh, more than just the funky deceptive delivery. It just seems like that there's a lot of analytics and data that back up the fact that this guy can really pitch. So if the Braves end up picking Cooper Jerpy, I'm certainly not going to be one of the folks that's going to be upset about it. Um, so Garrett, the way we're, we're going to kind of go back and do one last update before we kind of get into our draft coverage. Uh, we Last week uh, Garrett was obviously not on the show. I was very fortunate to be able to get uh, MLB Pipeline's Jim Callis to come on the show to talk a little bit about you know, what's what to expect from the draft going forward, the rules changes, and also talking a bit about what we can expect from the Braves going forward. That was a really fun show. If you were wanting to get caught up on just like the kind of the nuts and bolts and really some really fun discussion on some cert- on certain guys, particularly guys like Kate Horton and this college pitching class, the hurt and non-hurt guys, make sure you just go ahead and pause this episode and go back and download that episode and listen to, to Jim and I talk about that before we kind of go any further. And before you read anything else about the draft from the Braves perspective, because that was a really good show and a really fun show. I was happy that Jim made the time to talk to me about it. Uh, but we are going to do one last show that, This week, that's going to be, again, a kind of a quick update as to kind of what's going on down in the Myers, uh, as well as kind of our guys who still haven't quite graduated yet. We have one who's uh, very near and dear to our heart that's about to graduate. uh, But we're going to run down the levels and just go through really quick as to kind of what's going on with the top guys. Then we'll have this show. And then next week, it's going to be our big draft preview show. We're going to have all the information up to date as much as we can. And it's going to be draft coverage for the next at least two weeks, if not longer than that from the road to Atlanta side of things. So with that, Garrett, break us break down what's going on at the major league level. We lost a guy who's been in the system for as long as you and I have been writing together, uh, and then another guy is about to get promoted. So talk to us a little bit. What's been going on?
1: Yeah, well, Tukey Toussaint was officially designated for assignment. He was traded uh, to the Angels. Uh, and Tukey was the first guy that I did anything on at the site. So, like, this is... It's
2: a, uh, it's, it's a weird feeling, right? That's like, right. You, you, you went to it. You went to his first start and you wrote right. it. Are you a, sure? Was there, your, was your first piece on him or was it the Aussie one?
1: Well, my first piece, well, I, we collaborated on the piece about Tuki and then my first solo piece was Aussie. And, gotcha, uh, gotcha, gotcha. and so it's, it's, you know, it's, I think time to find, cause it wasn't working. I mean, it wasn't really working in the bullpen either they had moved in the bullpen. It wasn't really working. It was time for him to find, you know, another opportunity somewhere and let's see if the angels can do something with him Uh, but it is bittersweet I mean I'm glad that he's getting going to an organization where he will probably get a better opportunity than he will with the Braves he's simply buried right now with the Braves and things just weren't working no one had the answers for him but it's definitely it's a guy that we like as a person and that we've grown to know a lot about at this point and so it's it's a weird situation it's a weird feeling to lose him at this point and for him to unfortunately just have never worked out you still want to dream on him but it's like at some point you have to make that move now a guy that we uh been dreaming on for a little bit don't uh that dream has pretty much come true at this point is michael harris he's yes he's destroying the ball at the major league level he's arguably the best defensive center fielder in the league already i mean if he's not the favorite for the rookie of the year right now he's probably in the top three along with spencer strider and Mackenzie
2: gore uh, he's sh- I, I think he's i think he's the favorite just because I, arms I, have to perform so well right.
1: i mean right now he has to be the favorite and i mean he's uh, he's been doing everything we thought he would do and probably more he had a you know game didn't go so well but he had a big tying home run against the reds just he's done everything that we've wanted to see from him and he's outperformed our expectations and we had really high expectations for him so this is he's seven played appearances from graduating um so this is it's it's funny because it's like this is very very quick like we've never really gotten it feels like we never really got an opportunity to really watch him develop he got in the system and he was just there and now he's up in the major level doing good. It's kind of weird that you know we're used to having a guys for a few years and he's just gone. He's through the system, and I'm very happy for him. And he's going to be really, really good for a very
2: long time. Yeah, I'm just I mean just echoing what we're seeing from Harris. I, I think that we thought he was going to be good defensively. That play he made, um, it, it's a low key play because they end up not mattering because like he they end up giving up a, a hit the next batter to like drive in those runs anyway but I have no idea how he caught like that, that ball that had kind of skipped by him and he still got a glove and snagged it, like kind of diving like back towards the wall that that play blew my mind. And he's had a lot of really good plays out there in the outfield. And like, again, that one, it, like it saved a run and it could have been a big play ended up not mattering. But those are the kinds of plays that like, we just, randomly I mean, again, we thought he was a good defender, but it's turning, he's turning into a really special defender out there in center and, for those who thought he might have to move to a corner, that may still happen, but I think that you the Braves have found their everyday center fielder in Michael Harris and I don't think he's going to have to move anytime in the near future. Uh, and I am a little I am sad about Tuki Toussaint, uh one because that was Brad's guy and the stuff when he was on top of things and just pure raw stuff. You just won't find many arms like Tuki Toussaint. Uh and a really good dude, worked hard, but it just never really it never really clicked for him command wise. And I think that the kind of the changes to what he's had to do with his stuff really took away from what made him as a special, as a pitching prospect. And he just never really became, he never really was able to harness what he had. And then what he had turned into was very mediocre in a lot of ways. Uh, I hope that he goes to the angels. They figure something out with either with his mechanics or just, you know, maybe a change of scenery is good for him and he kills it. Uh, I truly do because he's been a guy that we've Garrett and I've been writing about forever. Uh, years and years and years now. Uh, and hopefully that once he gets an opportunity out there, if he goes out there and kills his reliever or ends up making it back as a starter or, or whatever, yeah, it, it, the, the case may be, I hope he does well out there. Uh, and, you know, Perry Manasian's a guy that's going to know him well. You know, he's working in the Atlanta organization before taking over out there in L.A. So hopefully that they kind of feel like that they may know something about him and will be able to, you know, get the most out of him because I, I want him to succeed. Truly, I do. So, Garrett, it's time to talk about the Gwinnett Stripers, who I am pretty upset with at the moment. Uh, Not really anything that's their fault. Uh, I am on recap duty tonight. Uh, I I always take the the rare Monday recaps, uh, the way the new schedules have worked out. And July 4th has a bunch of Minor league games because teams like the do Fireworks, it's a big revenue thing for them, and I completely understand that. However, it appears as though that the Stripers were late to their own game because Atlanta traffic is so bad that they did not arrive at the stadium until 6:15. So they are going to be in delay. I am upset with them, but uh, we did see some we did see some uh, interesting things happening uh, both on the rehab side with Eddie Rosario and Tyler Matzik rehabbing down there, and then we also had some. Uh, I, I would say some interesting developments in terms of the, the prospects on that team. So take it away on Gwinnett. Yeah. So Eddie Rosario and Tyler Matzik uh,
1: did rehab this week. They've been rehabbing for a couple of weeks and it's over. Both of them are, were added to the major league roster this week. So they're going to be up at the major league level. They yeah, just to really rest, yeah. need Mat- Matzik, uh, it seems like, and really they need Rosario. The problem with Rosario is, is he hasn't been all that good at AAA. And I mean, rehab outings you don't really look at the numbers very much but he really has struggled a little bit um but with Duvall kind of his status being weird right now and your lefty bat off the bench is Mike Ford he's an upgrade even if he's not 100 he's an Gross. upgrade so I, I'm happy there and obviously Tyler Matzik I mean he was spectacular in his uh Relief outings. I mean, I I would not want to be a dude at AAA and Tyler Matzik runs out of the bullpen. That's a scary sight, but he did
2: really, really well. My king. My king.
1: The the greatest inning pitched in
2: major league history, right there. Change my mind. It won't happen. (laughs) It will not happen. I watched it twice today. Like, when he got when he, love- got when he when he got activated i'm like time to watch the Matzik inning yeah. again we we love really him. that really the two innings both innings are very good now the, the yeah. one is v- much better but the second one i mean doesn't disappoint either but yes i but yes i'm in yep yeah, my, we love- my, li- I mean- my liege we're, we're, we are tyler magic i don't care if his arm falls off and he never pitches again he is my dude i yeah. love that guy yeah
1: but yeah so he looked really good in rehab which is obviously a great sign i mean they really need him um they really need right-handed arms but I think they'll take Matzik. Matzik can pretty much get anybody else. It doesn't really matter. He's he's a guy that you can just plug in. Um, another guy that's been at the minor level for a while now that was on the major league roster is Alex Dickerson. He had a really good week last week. He's actually struggled quite a bit at the AAA level, which is surprising to me. I really expected that he was not going to have those issues, but he had a really good week last week. He's just hasn't really seemed to hit the ball with a whole lot of authority and... Hasn't really kind of gotten into the swing of things in the way we expected. We kind of expected he would be at least decent bench bat, and he really hasn't even been that at the minor league level. But that is what it is. I mean, he's a guy that they paid a million dollars on a non-guaranteed contract, so that is what it is. But we definitely thought that he would do okay. Uh, But the prospects on the team is um, Drew Waters had a few good weeks where he wasn't striking out and all of a sudden the last week, you know, I didn't get to talk about that. Callis, Jim Callis, uh, took my, uh, chance to rant about drew waters and now he's striking out again. So I can't, uh, I can't be hopeful about that, unfortunately, but it's kind of a weird situation. He did hit really legitimately well for a little while, and then now all of a sudden he's kind of back to doing what he was. So we'll see how that is. Braden Schumach is playing second base, which we really have not seen from him at all at the league level. It's I'm wondering if they're kind of getting reps there with him, depending on the situation with Ozzy. And if another guy that goes down, he may be a guy that has to be plugged in. So I'm wondering if that's kind of a situation that they're looking at there. He still isn't really hitting the ball that well, but they're putting him at second base, kind of getting him reps there to see what happens. So I'm kinda of interested to see what they do there. It's probably just they do this sometimes with guys and try to get them a little bit of flexibility. Um, and so they've done that with him and getting him some time at second base. Uh the pitching staff, for the most part, Bryce Elder had a decent outing. Uh he arrived one run over five and two thirds. Uh a lot of ground balls, but not a lot of strikeouts, still walking more guys than we expected. Uh, we saw that from Mueller as well. Muller had probably his worst start in like two months which he only allowed I think two runs over five innings but he only struck out three guys it was definitely not an outing where he was dialed in he, he had his worst command outing in a while but even so he only walked three guys in five innings which if that's the worst he's going to be you kind of live with that uh Tucker Davidson has had absolutely nothing going right for him at the AAA level and I'm I think we're kind of off of him at this point as a whole and I don't I don't really know. If this, I mean, I don't think the stuff is going to play at the as a starter. And so the question now is, is the stuff going to play up enough as a reliever? And so there's a lot of questions with him that he hasn't really done a lot to answer lately for me.
2: Yeah, Tucker's command at the top of the zone just hasn't been particularly good. And he's been leaving – like when he's been really off, he's just been walking a lot of guys. And when it's been at its best, he's still kind of missing in bad places in the zone. Um he's put up relatively okay results in AAA this year, but overall just like, that's not what he needs to prove at this point. Right. Like, you know, like we kind of know what he is uh, as a starter and it just doesn't feel like that the way he's shaping out as a starter is going to end up being a major league starter. And, you know, do they do, do they make a move to make him a long reliever or even try to like make him like throw max effort and see if he can be a guy who can be a a, go a one, one inning, you know, lefty reliever. Again, these are all important questions going forward. Uh really nice to see Eddie Rosario and Tarly Metzik back up. Uh you know, it was one of the reasons I actually watched Gennettes have those two guys around and now we'll see how that goes. I'm I'm kind of with you. Uh, I don't think Rosario was particularly awesome in, in rehab, but at the same time the guys coming off like eye surgery and knocking off rust and stuff like that. So I'm not gonna necessarily kill him for not being particularly great. Uh Metzik was great, obviously, and uh Braden Shoemake, I will be a lot more Interested in what position he's playing when he actually does things at the plate that I'm I'm excited about. And, you know, frankly, those moments have been few and far between for him this year. So overall, you know, like if he's playing second base, I understand that he was like a first round pick, but at the same time, uh, I need him to be, you know, have an OPS. that's like not, you know, more in this I want to see more in the 800s as opposed to the 700s that we've seen from him uh, before. I'm particularly interested in kind of what he has going on uh, as a prospect. Uh, Moving on to Mississippi, uh, a team that has been kind of sort of interesting to watch, but overall, excuse me, uh, will be a team that you have to kind of squint your eyes and look at the hitting prospects with a grain of salt a lot of times. But the pitching staff's been pretty good. So talk to us a little bit what's going on with the Braves. Yeah, I'm uh,
1: just kind of waiting around for promotions with them right now because the offense is not particularly good. Kay Benelli got pulled up this week uh, and played really, really well. He had a huge game on Sunday where he almost hit for the cycle. Um, But other than that, I mean, Benelli's a guy that kind of strikes out a ton, and so it's kind of a question of whether he hits at all. Drew Lugbauer is another guy that strikes out a lot. He had a really good week this last week, which is a good sign because he's kind of scuffled a little bit. He hasn't really yeah. He burst out on this at the beginning of the season. He kind of hasn't hit for that same power lately, but he had a home run last week, hit fairly well. The guy that's really been their best offensive player, and he hasn't hit for really any power at all, and he really probably won't at that level because of his fringy power already and that stadium, but Cody Milligan is a guy that just gets on base every single game it feels like. He just
2: does stuff. You
1: know, he's a guy that, with his healing, you know, he's limited in his power. He doesn't really have a great arm, so he can't really play shortstop. But they're playing him in center field. He's getting some versatility. He's a guy that makes contact, draws a ton of walks. You know, the type of guy that you can see in a bench roll. You know, not the most exciting prospect, but the dude just gets on base a lot. The pitching staff is fortunately the place that we want to go, and we want to watch the pitching staff play. That's the reason we turn on those games. Uh, Jared Schuster has not had really uh, – a particularly exciting outing in a while until this week uh eight strikeouts and five and a third innings he only allowed a run that's kind of the best that we've seen from him in a while he hasn't had the huge strikeout games you know a couple of games early in the season he did He hasn't really had that lately but overall he's just been solid all year and he's a guy that's really impressed us a lot with how that command has improved um freddie tarnock has had having his best command in a while. He's had a few outings in a row now that he's looked pretty good. And this last outing, I mean, he struck out, I think it was the last eight batters that he faced. Yeah,
2: Mo, he was mowing guys now. <laughs> I mean,
1: he struck out 12 guys in five innings. I mean, when Tardok is on, he's pretty clearly the best pitcher in the system. He just hasn't really been on very much this year. But man, when he turns it on and he has the last few outings, he can really impress you very quickly and hopefully he can kind of get his mechanics back and get back into the guy that we saw last year and really take that next step and being a guy that the Braves look at long term as a starter because there were times earlier this year where he he concerned us a little bit. The other pitcher that has done fairly well is Darius Vines. He went seven scoreless this week. It feels like every you know, we talked about this before. It feels like every single game. He's in the fifth and sixth inning and hasn't allowed a run. This time he was in the sixth inning and hadn't allowed a hit. And then he'll he'll walk a guy, and then he'll give up a two-run home run, and all of a sudden his line looks bad. Whenever he's able to avoid that, he tends to do well. He did this time. Um, he did walk more guys than we want to see from him. He had three walks. He didn't track out a ton of guys. But it was weak contact for the most part, and that's where we want to see with him is avoiding those hard hit balls. That's where he struggles He has not done that in the last few starts. He's had some really good starts, and we're seeing more of those getting into the sixth inning and then not collapsing in the last second, and that's been a good sign for him. The bullpen, you know, we wanted to see Indigo Diaz do well. He's had a few kind of rough outings lately. Justin Yeager has kind of been their best bullpen arm down there. He's a guy that throws really hard, strikes out a ton of guys, has absolutely no idea where the ball is going. The stuff is really, really good. But and I like Jaeger, you know, as a prospect. I just think, you know, it's a very concerning control profile. He's got to rein it in. And if he can, I mean, he definitely has the stuff to be a guy that could perform at the major league level. It's just that control is really, really bad.
2: Yeah, I just want to piggyback. I mean, obviously, the pitching staff's been the reason to watch this team. When you look, Michael Harris got promoted. Jesse Franklin's out with Tommy John surgery. And Luke Waddell is dealing with we think a back injury but it's definitely something that's kept him out for a while the those are all not particularly great when your three best hitters are you know either promoted or hurt your your offense is gonna struggle but I mean I I really do think Cody Milligan's a really interesting sort of bat the, the upside on him is fairly low uh there's just not a lot of power there he's not crazy fast he will steal bases but I don't think he wants to be your guy that's like you're know, like you, taking extra bases all the time. I don't think he's that like that quite that fast. It's more oppor- oppor- opportunistic speed is the best way i know how to describe him. But the guy just makes plays. And he knows how to draw walks. Good at good play good plate appearances. He just knows how to get on base and he makes things happen when he's there. So I'm, you know, I'm I'm a fan of his. I I know the Braves like him a lot too. So it's nice to see him doing well and, and performing well at Mississippi. Uh, Justin Dean's been pretty good for Mississippi too. Uh, Starting the year off at Gwinnett, didn't perform well there. Got bumped back down, and he's been hitting pretty well. Had a good week, pretty good week last week as well. Uh, But again, you know, for Mississippi, if you're really wanting to kind of follow along with that bunch, then I would say you're probably looking more at what the, the pitching prospects are doing, and not necessarily what's going on on the hitting side. Uh, Trey Harris had a really nice catch the other day. He hasn't done much else, but at least he had that nice catch that kept showing up on my, uh, my Twitter feed over and over again. So we had that going for us. Before we go on to Rome, Augusta, and then the young lads down in rookie ball in the Dominican Summer League, we're going to take a quick
0: break to listen to our word from our sponsors. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team.
2: All right, Garrett. It is that time where we talk about the Rome Braves, and basically it's going to be appreciation for a lot of the guys on the on on the roster, and then half the time we talk about Vaughn Grissom. So that is your cue. Take it away, because he had himself a week. Yeah, we'll 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 circle back around to Grissom. I think
1: we want to. I think we'll probably stick there for bit of a second so we'll go ahead and go through the pitchers here Andrew Hoffman has really been good all season this last week it was not as he wasn't missing a ton of bats so he gave up I think it was two runs in five innings only struck out three guys not his best outing but I mean again if that's your worst then you'll take five two runs over five innings Dylan Dodd has been a much much better pitcher lately um he yep. went yep. he allowed one run over six and two thirds he's scoreless right now for the for Rome and his he's, his changeups look a ton better. He's sequencing his pitching better and he's starting to pitch later in the games. Uh, and so we're not seeing those first three innings. He'd do well. And then he'd start struggling. We're seeing him kind of have good fourth innings, fifth innings, sixth innings. And he started to be a guy that looks more like a guy that can start. Um, Roy Versalinas has not looked like that very much lately, uh, but last week he had a solid outing with seven strikeouts. He's definitely not putting up the ridiculous strikeout numbers he was in Augusta. I don't think we expected him to, but that command.
2: I sure wanted him to, though.
1: The command we saw early in the season, it's not working at Rome. And when it gets away from him, he can struggle pretty quickly. The stuff is absolutely legit. I mean, we, you can't argue that the stuff is very, very good. The ball jumps out of his hand. But when he's not commanding the ball, it can get rough pretty fast. And he can get hit. If he leaves the ball over the plate. The ball the you know, his fastball tends to kind of rise into bats sometimes if it gets down in the zone and he can get and it can get hit pretty hard. But the stuff is really good. So is the stuff of Lissandro Santos, who they tried him out as a starter. It, It went okay, but the stuff wasn't quite as good as a starter. The fast he just wasn't able to get that fastball velocity. This last week he had a couple of shorter outings, you know, two inning outings, and Eight strikeouts and I think four, it was either four and a third or four and two thirds innings. You know that's I mean Santos out of the bullpen has been the probably the best reliever in the system this year. He's been fantastic and I'm I like him. You know I have some questions about the secondary stuff, but as a reliever, as good as his fastball is from the left side, he can make it work just with that fastball because it looks really good. Um, on the offensive side, they had some really big keys, especially Sunday. They scored. For 13 runs and three innings, you know, had some big games. Justin Henry Henry Malloy did not have his best week. You know, typically we've seen a lot of power from him lately. He didn't hit for a lot of power, but he was getting on base consistently. His on-base percentage was over 360 this week. Uh, Landon Stevens keeps hitting some runs. He hit another home run this week. Um, But the guy to watch is Vaughn Grissom in the system as a whole. The guy that you want to watch day in, day out, it's Vaughn Grissom. Right now he's on a 31 game on base streak. He has like a 177 weighted runs created plus in that time. I I guess they might be waiting for the draft to promote him. But at this point, he's had more at-bats at the high level than he did at low A. He's performed better across the board, except for his walks have gone down lately. He's like walking at like 6% in the last month, but, you know, he's also hitting, you know, He's also hit like seven home runs in the last month, so you kind of live with that. It's kind of a thing where I think he's kind of – he's starting to attack the ball more when he gets fastballs early in the count. He's just saying, I'm going to go for it and hit it, and you're starting to see him drive the ball more, which is a very good development. And then as he starts to attack those balls in the zone more – Pitchers will kind of learn. Yeah, I can't just throw a get over fastball with the first pitch because he's going to hit me. And so you're seeing him hit. I mean, he hit a ball the other day that was very high off the buildings over in left field in Greenville. That was
2: a long,
1: long way. He's hitting the ball very it well. A, it was
2: it was a it was a tank. I did not think he had that kind of power in him. And that ball <laughs> he, like cleared the net, almost went on the roof. It was a that was that, that was a big boy home run. Annihilated that ball. And that's I mean he's at like
1: his home run pace is like 25 home runs per 162 which honestly if he can just that i did not ever think he would hit that many home runs you know even i knew he had raw power but i did not think he would get to that level and to see him already doing it is very impressive um you know he's a guy that he's done enough to get promoted um i don't know you know he's done a lot of work defensively he's got better defensively he's gotten better on the bases he's done everything that they need to and it kind of feels like they're just waiting around a bit and we'll see a lot of those moves at the once you um, get the draft through. But right now, I mean, he's way, way, way too good for the high level. He's just a legitimate hitter right now.
2: Yeah, I I think that with promotions in general, and we're kind of circling the Mississippi and Rome rosters, Well, really just mean like I, it's not like moving guys to Gwinnett or anything like that. Because that's not, there's not guys necessarily pushing all that hard for that. Uh, And I don't think that matters all that much. Uh, And I've talked a good bit about the fact that I just don't think there's that much difference between AA and AAA anymore. Um, Now, the difference between the minor leagues and the major leagues is the very, is like that gap's never been bigger. But the gap between AA and AAA these days just isn't quite the same thing. Because there's just a lot of like guys that get stashed on AAA rosters, which are basically extensions of the bench. Um, But I, I think we're we, like the Dylan Dodds, the Andrew Hoffman's, uh, and Vaughn Grissom. We can put them in that group. Uh, those are guys that I think that once the draft happens, the Braves are going to have, you know, their guys that they're going to need to place at Augusta or at Rome. And there's just there's just roster guys in Mississippi that either need to get moved up, or there's going to have to be start making some releases and making some cuts because they have guys who need to kind of get some more experience against higher levels of you know competition and you know that's kind of the unfortunate thing is that I do expect a certain number of releases to be happening uh, a calling to happen once the draft happens and I think that's what's going to happen is that after that after after the draft and they kind of figure out settle in as to kind of where they want to put guys and get them in the system, get them ready to roll, get them ready to throw or hit. Uh, we're going to start seeing those moves start to be made. I don't think that they're going to make a ton of moves before that. They've already moved a few guys around here and there, but that was mostly for coverage as guys were getting hurt or things like that. I, I do think that we're going to start seeing those moves happen. Um, Vaughn's the big one. Vaughn is the top prospect in the system. I don't think it's particularly close anymore. Uh, he, we we're kind of waiting for the in-game power to show up. And then he just decided to go wild over the last month or so. So all of a sudden, um the only question is whether or not he sticks it short. I think that Garrett and I are on the same page that d we're very skeptical that, that may be the long term play. But it doesn't really matter the way he hits. I think that he's a guy that you could you you bring him up, keep playing him at short. If you need to move him over to second, you need to put him in the outfield, you know, in a corner somewhere. You need to play him at third and see how that goes. I wouldn't do that, but that's you know, that's that, that's neither here nor there. I, he has. It's not like a foregone conclusion that he, he won't be able to play short. But overall, that's really the only question. This is kind of his future defensive home because the guy can just flat out hit. We we like him a lot. And hopefully we're going to be able to kind of be able to see him at the, the higher levels relatively soon because he's certainly proven himself to be quite the force down there in Rome. And here's where we talk about the Augusta Green Jackets, where this is kind of, again, one of the weirder teams in the system yet again. Uh, they had actually been playing pretty well. Uh but a lot of it was kind of just, you know, a lot of walks and sort of jump balling their way to victory. But this week wasn't quite the same thing. And uh we'll we'll kind of breeze through this a little bit, uh, including top prospect uh Geraldo K Cantero uh having himself a pretty decent week. So take it away, Garrett.
1: Yeah, so the Columbia Fireflies were their opponent this week. It was a home series, and Columbia's a very, very, very bad team, so it kind of felt like you know Augusta was gonna have a good week and then they got swept uh at home in a six game series which you never want to do um and a lot of those closest were a lot of those losses were like one run you know last at bat losses they had like four one run losses a two run loss it was like a brutal week for them it was really kind of and it was an annoyingly bad week for them uh and overall really, There were some good performances. Uh, Cal Conley started to get a little bit better. Adam Zabrowski had a great week. He's been getting on base a ton, you know, walking a ton. He's a guy that he's so big and he can get the ball so far. I think guys don't really want to throw to him. So he gets a lot of walks down there. I don't think they can throw to him, even if they wanted to. Most of those guys aren't good enough to throw strikes. But, yeah, I don't think that guys want to throw to Adam Zabrowski all that much. And we're seeing him draw a ton of walks lately. But, yeah, I mean, the guy that... Played the best last week was Toronto Contreras. He had a couple home runs. Um, he was hitting the ball. He, he wasn't hitting the ball over the place this week, actually. it's Typically, that's what he does. He hits the ball over the place and doesn't hit for a ton of power. And then this week, he was like, I'm just going to hit some home runs and have some fun with that. So I don't really know what that was about. But he's definitely a guy that we don't think is going to hit for a ton of power. But, yeah, he, he gets the bat on the ball a ton. And we'll kind of see how that works as he goes up the levels. Um, definitely... Just going to have to see if that power is going to play enough as it goes, so goes up the levels. But he's definitely going to hit the ball. Some with Brandon Mosquito. Mosquito had a rough week. Um, had something like a 584 OPS. It, it was a rough week for him, but uh you know he's a guy that he's hit all season he's gone through a couple of slumps so we'll kind of see where that comes out I, I was thinking he might be a guy that gets promoted but at this point I'm kind of thinking it's better off if he just spends the whole year at high at low a. I think that's probably best for his development he's young and they have the outfield situation mostly figured out so it's not like they have any reason to really push him at this point um AJ smith shaver he hasn't really had a game lately where it felt like his command was locked in, and that was the case this week. He had four walks in four and a third innings, but guys now at that level still can't really hit him. It was six strikeouts over four and a third innings. I think he's second in minor league baseball among all teenage pitchers in total strikeouts and in strikeout rate. He's fantastic. It's just lately the command hasn't quite been where we've wanted from him. And that's the growing pains with these guys. He's a guy that we expected to have some command issues. And he impressed us early in the season. But right now, it hasn't been exactly what you wanted to see from him.
2: Yeah, I guess that was a little bit rough to watch this past week. Uh, they're always like, you know, like there's always going to be those, you know, <laughs> like, you know, those, you know, we'll have some good Brandall Mosquito games. You know, we'll have, you know, Cal Conley, when he's good, he's really good. <laughs> but uh, a lot of times he's just going to kind of be up. Uh, can kind of be a zero. A lot of all or nothing type players on that roster in a lot of ways. Uh, the, they, they don't really spread out the production. They'll have like a really good game and then they won't do much the rest of the week. Uh, it wasn't a particularly great week for them. Uh, I, I particularly don't enjoy watching pitching in low a these days, just because the after the after the minor league realignment, it's just the, the quality of the pitching that stays, especially after the first couple months of the season, it gets pretty bad pretty quickly. And then it comes down to kind of like being a walk fest and just kind of who can figure out how to command for like any amount of time. So that's been a little bit rough, but, you know, there are certainly guys down in Augusta, uh, you know, Quintero, Brandon Mosquita, uh, A.J. Smith-Schauber is obviously kind of a guy that we really, really like, and we think that he's going to be a really good pitching prospect for the Braves. Uh, definitely had a little bit of a hiccup this week, but overall kind of a weird, just a weird team to watch. All right, Garrett, close us out with the Florida Coast League and the Dominican Summer League.
1: Yeah, there's not a lot going on at the rookie levels. Um, a lot of the guys, Douglas Glode, um, Amber Stavarez, Tyler Collins, You know, these are arguably three of the top four or five prospects that we wanted to watch at the lower levels, at the rookie ball levels, and they're not playing. And so it's kind of a case of a bunch of guys whose names we like don't actually know. We don't have really any information on them, just – Not playing very well. So it's kind of a, it's a rough situation down there. There's not a whole lot of excitement. Um, At the FCL level, the best player has been Adam Shoemaker. He's a guy that I think we did not, I don't think that he was ever – he struggled at low A. He, I don't think that he was ever ready. I think we knew that he was not ready at the beginning of the season. I was actually a little surprised that he was on that roster. Now that he's back at the rookie ball level where I think he'll be more comfortable given his experience level, he's done really, really well. We're seeing better command from him. We're seeing a lot more strikeouts. And so that's a good sign from him. I was never – I was never, like, too disheartened because I just did not think that he was ready for the low A level, and we're seeing him do – more of what we expected now that he's back at the rookie ball level. On the DSL side, Diego Benitez is the best prospect by a fairly wide margin, but he hasn't been spectacular. We're seeing, you know, he hasn't struck out a ton, he's walking a ton. That's kind of pretty typical for the that level, and he's had a couple home runs, which I think that that's been that was one of the things that was a concern is how quickly is the power going to show up. Well, he's already hitting a couple home runs, which is a good sign for him, but. A lot of the balls that he's putting in play for whatever reason are not finding holes he's hitting two hundred right now, which is and it's a very low batting average on balls in play um who really knows you know like I said we have really no information about why this is happening. We just have you know numbers still at, but overall Benitez, i am impressed that we're seeing some home runs from him and that's a good sign and we're not seeing him like striking out a ton so that's a good sign from him I don't think that we'll see him stateside this year but I am excited to see what he does in his debut next year um Elian Corto Real um excuse me for my pronunciation I am yeah not I, think good at that. It. I think that I think, I, that's I, I right. think yeah. um he was a you know early on when he was younger he was a fairly decent he was a very Well thought of prospect. Uh, he kind of faded as he got a little bit older. You know, the power didn't develop into his teenage years a ton. He's only 5'10. We're not seeing a ton of power from him, but at the Dominican Summer League, he's drawing a ton of walk. He's hitting the ball over the place. He has a ridiculous OBP right now. He has like an 812 OPS. I don't actually know his OBP. I didn't put the numbers on the document that I'm looking at right now. But you know, he's hitting the ball over the place. That's a guy that Does have talent. I mean, he's a guy that was a somewhat known commodity coming in. He just didn't really necessarily develop into one of those, like, top tier guys with the power potential. But he's a guy that was thought of as a guy that can hit. And he's definitely an interesting name to kind of know and keep in mind if you're watching at that level.
2: All right, now one last note before we kind of close the show out, Uh, and it's funny because Garrett and I actually had, like, talked about him uh, extensively this week, but we just kind of – in kind of getting excited talking about Von Grissom, well, we do want to – I did want to mention one name uh, with our – with the Rome section here is that Luis de Avila, uh, who is not the most highly regarded prospect in the Braves farm system. He pitched a, in one half of, the, of a doubleheader, which they're seven inning games in the minor leagues, uh, which frankly I think is the rule it should be in the major leagues. But that's either, that's neither here nor there. Uh, he did throw a no hitter for the Rome Braves. Big hat tip to him. He was really really good, super efficient, and it wasn't the, it wasn't a cheap. You know I know that there's gonna be those that are like you know it has to be nine innings or it doesn't count. But I I don't think they were hitting him regardless. Of, of how many innings it was going to be. He pitched really, really well. I think he had nine strikeouts in the game, too. Overall, just a fantastic performance from him. Uh, a guy that we got to keep an eye on because he's sort of, like, kind of seems like he could be Mr. Steady in a lot of ways. We don't expect him to be a kind of guy that's flirting with no hitters all the time, so it was nice. We wanted to make sure we gave him a little bit of a shout-out before we kind of close the show out. Well, Garrett, that's pretty much all the time we have for t- this week. Make sure that if you don't want to miss a single episode of this podcast, you subscribe to the Battery Power podcast feed on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, whatever your preferred podcast purveyor is, we are on there. You can subscribe. You'll get this podcast, which is our minor league show. You'll also get the the flagship show hosted by the great Brad Roland, uh, sometimes co-hosted by myself, otherwise co-hosted by Scott Coleman, with occasional guests here and there as we're trying to cover shows here and there. We also have the Daily Hammer hosted by Sean Coleman, which is your kind of the daily sort of getting caught up on what happened in last night's Major League, last night's Major league games podcast and we also have a new show which has yet to be named i really hope they come up with the name soon because i think the show's actually been really good which is uh hosted by our boss our longtime boss and just hasn't been a voice on the podcast feed up until recently Our the fearless leader chris willis as well as Steven Tolbert, who have been doing great, great work with kind of deep dives into specific topics. They'll like pick one or two topics each week that aren't like you know reviewing the games, uh, they're or like you know big top line narrative type things about how the season's going. It's like big dot. Topics like, you know, the Freddie Freeman saga or Dansby Swanson's contract or what's going on with this player, what we think about them going forward. You know, just big, deep dives that I think is uh, been a great addition to the podcast network. So make sure that you subscribe to the Battery Power podcast feed if you haven't already. Leave five-star reviews. It, all the support on the podcast has been great for all us, and we really appreciate you. Next week is going to be our big draft preview show. I'm going to do my best to bring Matt on. We'll have Garrett on. We'll break down what we think is going to happen with the draft, what we're excited about, what we're not excited about. But until then, next time, we'll see you on the road.